The Antidote meets with Enzo Donnarumma of Italy's Enzo and the Glory Ensemble. I'm so glad that you're able to join us, Enzo. Thank you for speaking with me. I'd never heard any of your music before I was sent your latest release, In the Name of the Sun. I'd like to hear more about you. When did you first get involved in making music? Well, I remember that at the age of seven, to convince my matutors, my uncles, to make me study music on an old piano of my cousins, I learned by ear, without scores, and to hands, the whole first part of um, Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. I remember uh, everyone was upset, uh, including my piano teacher. From that moment on, uh, my adventure that has uh, introduced me into piano studies and uh, listening to tons of music. I was seven years old and I wondered how you could write such well-made piano sonatas. <laughs> I wondered how to write such uh, beautiful songs at the, as um, Ross Stewart's Never Give Up on a Dream. Never give up. Songs by uh, great soul artists of Motown Records like David Ruffin, Yvonne Fear, Gladys Knight and uh, also Oleta Adams and many other artists artists who have paid the territory of uh, all the beautiful music next. After a few years, I got to know better gospel music than blues, uh, uh, 60s rock, and uh, 12 years of notes of Alice Cooper and uh, ACDC introduced me to the heavy metal world, uh, where I had uh, everything from uh, art rock to death metal and prog. Classical music, Broadway musicals, soundtracks, and Palestinian and African folklore have influenced me, uh, my uh, baggage. Uh, you can understand how much mess I had to polish to define myself as a concrete musician. <laughs> I also did some checking for information about you on the internet. And you are or were the vocalist for a band called Members of God. Can you tell us about that? Hmm. I was still a boy, and uh, it was a great joy to hire some great musician from a um, nice classic symphonic prog. It was very naive, very fresh, clean, and a beautiful adventure. In less than a year, my 12 songs were played and recorded, and we were immediately immediately, (laughs) uh, captured by a promising record. Uh, deal with a certain label, Casket Music. I don't ever know if uh, it still exists. The defeat was uh, around the corner uh, because the fate of Members of God was the fate of many very good bands forced to fail. Rely on high-sounding words, uh, such as visibility, uh, worldwide distribution, uh, money, um, and similars. The album was uh, uh, published two years late without advertising, no one uh, act or collaboration. The few interviews and reviews were born for a spontaneous interest of uh, some passionate and curious journalists. Mm-hmm. The band's passion completely collapsed. We uh, tried to jump stop, but uh, with no more motivation because there was no more trust in the emerging music market. A tragic story that happens every day 
many talented artists uh, with something beautiful to communicate are used, uh, disappointed and sent home. So an emergent, after making sure he has worked very well on his piece, must have his eyes very open. This is my thought. That's sad that that happened, but it didn't stop you from making music because now you have Enzo and the Glory Ensemble, which is entirely your creation. What's interesting is that on each release, you've brought in a wide range of vocalists and musicians. How do you choose which artist will perform on a certain song? In fact, it was uh, already too lucky to find such big people like Marty Friedman, Ralph Sheepers, Kobe Fari, and uh, the others. In the previous work, um, after having had the spontaneous addition of my old friends, Gary Workamp and Brian Ashland from the Shallow, Shallow Gallery Band, I realized that the other song could not be um, left without guests because they were too dark, too in shadow. <laughs> mm. uh, so I thought uh, of contacting the artist I loved as a, as a as boy, knowing that I had nothing to lose. And I found them all on, on the record. In my choice of placing a guest in a, a precise song, uh, I simply think uh, of the next and the, the style I take notes. Here were Marty Friedman uh, is fine. Uh, here the drumming of Mark Zonder is necessary, and so on. Obviously, uh, they reflect, they exchange opinions uh, among themselves, and with slight proposal for change, uh, they began to work on their parts. Their presence is becoming more and more um, uh, present. Advice. Um, ideas and uh, ever direct intervention in the writing of songs. We are almost a band. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the biggest problem with having this big cast of artists, I would guess, is that it would make it impossible for you to do a live show. Is that disappointing? I will add an almost to your impossible. Okay. Uh, it, it was uh, was impossible for an uh, anonymous person like me to be surrounded by 12 guests. So I will say never say never. Uh, after the next release of uh, our third album, still being recorded, we are all planning to organize shows. Uh, we must be good at uh, coordinating ourselves in uh, any space-time uh, coincidences. <laughs> uh, we we uh, will find the way, uh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, we'll all look forward to that. All of the music of Enzo and the Glory Ensemble is taken from hymns, canticles, or it's directly from the Bible. There are so many stories you could have chosen. How were you able to decide which ones you wanted to include? It's uh, impossible to have the whole Bible in the head. <laughs> so, uh, someone, someone can always say that some other chapter would be more suitable in a song. But essentially, I look for those chapters that, in addiction to moving me more, gave meaning to the concept of the album in uh, its uh, smoothness and uh, its uh, complete sense. 
I'm sure that uh, by um, by uh, listening uh, the whole seconds of the songs of uh, each album, you will find a very precise uh, sense of the of that choice and uh, and that order, song by song. I'd describe the music of Enzo and the Glory Ensemble as being theatrical. Is theater part of your background? Very. As a boy, I won national awards for best direction, uh, best subject, and best music for the preparation of music published, like Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, I see. And uh, and, and something unpublished as, uh, as uh, one of my old musicals called uh, Vinci Mi e Ti Vincerò, Win Me and I Will Win You, um, Italian um, opera uh, about the passion of Christ. I still believe that the verses of Bible must be um, recited a bit. They are surrounded by a sound carpet that um, recreates the suitable landscape and atmosphere for those uh, unsigned words. Not to end in the usual dirt uh, that new generation do not care almost rightly. That's why in uh, our songs you find a symphonic prog that sometimes goes in uh, classical music, sometimes in musical, sometimes in uh, Jewish and uh, African uh, folklore. Yes, it's quite interesting to have that world flavor and having multiple styles coming into it. The one thing that comes up really overriding everything is that it's a rock opera. I guess when you say that term, everyone thinks of Pink Floyd's The Wall or Tommy from The Who. But that was the 1970s. So is there a place for rock and metal operas in today's music scene? I think there will always be room for a rock opera because uh, people uh, always want to see a plot. Today, more than ever, uh, movies and TV uh, series are literally eaten by the boys. Mm-hmm. Rock opera is, of course, another world, uh, much more complex. But already those who love this music have uh, a taste um, that will not prevent him from listening, understanding and enjoying a concept. Then what would you think gives the biggest appeal for this style of release? Is it the theme? Is it the music styles or the songs? Mm, Well, I think it's the mix of soundtracks, uh, folklore and uh, choirs. Surely uh, it's what attracts before uh, uh, even understanding something. Those who have um, an interest in uh, deepening the heart of the album will be struck by the um, numerous thematic links, the orchestral uh, counterpoints, the um, links between the lyrics and more. Uh, But first of all, I'm convinced that is the musical formula that strikes the most. You've already been speaking of some of the styles found on the new release, In the Name of the Sun. As you mentioned, there's Prague, classical, opera, symphonic metal, world music, and more. Has it been difficult for you to make those styles blend together? It was hard for me not to do more. (laughs) (laughs) As as I told you before, I uh, grew up uh, swimming in a sea of music, and that's fine. Uh, That's very fine. However, it's not good to identify yourself in too much music. 
because you can lose yourself and no longer understand who you are. Mm -hmm. Every time I proceed with the arrangements, I always say, Enzo, stay still, don't overdo it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cut this tool, don't float this part, uh, don't uh, clog this piece. (laughs) I I think the the third album will certainly be a trial. Well, we've been talking about In the Name of the Son, but this project really began when you brought out In the Name of the Father in 2015. What stayed the same and what's changed between the two albums? It's a, it's a really good question. The previous album was more closed in the limbo of spiritual contemplation. It was a concentration in prayer, uh, looking in the sky. Uh, both musically uh, and for the, the choice of lyrics. The second work in, in the name of, of Christ uh, incarnate comes down to earth and lives a much more concrete fate, more surrounded by stories, people, events, um, and more open to the social, uh, also musically. Classic music uh, decreases decreases a bit to give way to uh, soundtracks and folklore. There is more uh, metal and is more uh, extensive carnal. Earlier on, I spoke about rock operas. Now, would you say that In the Name of the Father and In the Name of the Son could be compared to one that you've actually been involved with, with Jesus Christ Superstar? I mean, they both carry that faith aspect. Um, yes and no. <laughs> on the one hand, on the one hand, uh, they are both rock. Uh, they are both opera and they are both similar about the subject. On the other, first of all, uh, you cannot compare my little song to Jesus Christ Superstar, but uh, more than anything else, uh, the theater of Jesus Christ Superstar has no spiritual pretensions. This with a uh, polemical spirit of the story of Christ and more than anything else has um, um, intellectual claims. Uh, Har asks a um, sarcastic f- question to the doctrinal, uh, theological and uh, institutional systems. My albums have a different direction. My album doesn't pretend to convert you, but, but we use those arguments to uh, induce to the, the listener in a form of a spirituality and simply reflect. While listening is enjoyed or, or not enjoyed, to reflect and uh, interface with a characteristic common to uh, all living beings. That's our spiritual side. Then you're not trying to convert people to Christianity. Is this just entertainment? Yes, and a, a little uh, entertainment and, uh, and a chance to reflect, to think. It seems pretty clear that your music is working its way through the Holy Trinity. <laughs> you must have plans for something about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Disappointing uh, to tell you that uh, initially I had no start with this intention. My first job... Uh, I needed a name and simply was born in the name of the Father. There was no other name to give in something that was simply prayer. Progressively, however, when I decided to put Christ 
in the foreground or second album the uh, the chance of a trinitarian continuity was born so in the name of the song was born the third album uh, uh, will certainly follow this track but with not so obvious news uh, probably also in the title and certainly will be ever more immersed in social practicality. When do you think you might have that album released? Oh, uh, maybe at the end of this year or first month of, um, of next year. Wow. We'll have to look forward to that too. Your faith must be important to you, because otherwise you wouldn't be making this kind of music. Is that your motivation for creating the music of Enzo and the Glory Ensemble? Good questions also this. In truth, my faith uh, has always been doubting. Uh, what keeps me tied to Jesus, uh, besides the modernity and uh, genius of his message, is mainly a factor the happiness of the human being always starts from a strong self-esteem and from a lot of love received. There are two uh, requirements that have begun since our birth. If a child is loved by his parents, if his state of mind uh, worries them, then the child grows up properly because he is loved and respected. He knows to be important. He will trust himself. He will think in a uh, balanced way. Uh, he will live in a balanced way and he will not need to, uh, to be um, appeased with all those lies in which he tries to look uh, important as he already considers himself by himself. It will not uh, adulterate. It will remain itself and it will not need foreign um, burdensomeness. The problem is uh, that most human beings do not grow completely loved and esteemed. Something happens that leads them to believe they are worth little or nothing uh, and all the um, uh, stratagems of conquering himself are tiring and uh, always give little or nothing. Mm -hmm. Stratagems that can also become wrong choices, wrong jobs, wrong marriage, uh, and a, a natural life. Christ on the cross pours divine blood for you. This means that you have divine blood. Uh, he buys you, he pays you a high price. He gives you back that love and the value you need, but the, that the world cannot give you. So you regain your esteem and the freedom to be yourself. Choose the project you want. Leave uh, out what you don't want without having to change your tastes for um, an um, imbalanced and a precarious pact with society. Um, Christ reconstructs spiritually the practical figure of the family of that family which designed your uh, our being. God is the father, not the boss. Better solution that he, I haven't found, and um, I don't believe uh, it exists. However, I always live in doubt <laughs> uh, that all this can simply be a beautiful human tale. 
a fine story that uh, does not prove God's existence. A story that sometimes uh, in silence before that 73% of the universe we don't know. I answer your question with yes. I really care about my faith. And with my doubts, I leave it as a, a research. That's an excellent way of putting it. I think that's how we should all be. I want to finish our talk with a question about If Not You, the final song on In the Name of the Sun. It comes across as being a personal message from you. What's the song's story? I will say that we are already on the subject. It's the need for something strong, stable and, and uh, lasting, more than the precarious solution in which we lose sight uh, of all to nature by taking on a heavy change to please someone for a bit of an um, unstable love, for a thirst that remains. Something true, something that does not pass, that tells you that you are worth, you can be yourself, you can feel free and precious as you are and return to your irreplaceable place, if not you, who? Uh, for those who believe God is this uh, form of uh, stability, for those who don't believe, you can be stable. If today you decide to no longer be a question posed to the world, but the answer to the questions of the world, and that's all. I really appreciate you coming to The Antidote for this talk, Enzo, and best of luck with your new album coming up. Thanks to you again for speaking with me, and uh, wish you all the best to the radio and to listeners.